Chapter 17 Dreg stood up, yawning and stretching. You woke me up just for that. Tell me something new. This time she means it. She got really bad. Who did it? The lads, man, she says. Gerard pricked up his ears. Lev? Here? Got her in the arm. She barely made it back from Penlangoth. Gerard sighed. Not here. But he got her. His thoughts raced. Where? And how? Crooker went on. I'll tell you. She makes me nervous. What if she'd fallen on the wing? What about Hafsen? Sitting down here like fools and her never coming back. But is she furious? She says she's going to make that one walk the fire. Aye, but that means what about a ransom? That's off. She told her ladyship she won't see the boy again alive. Gerard groaned silently. His mother now. No ransom. Dreg dropped his voice. What do the others say to that? They don't like it. Crooker glanced to the cell door. She's standing them north in this cold. They're loading the wagons now. But some say they're not going anywhere without pay. I'll tell you, everything's falling apart. You know what I think. Now Crooker spoke so low, Gerard had to strain to hear. I think she means to take off once she's rid of him. And where does that leave us? Anyways, he went on, straightening and speaking normally again, you better wake him up or she comes for myself. The moment Crooker had gone, Dreg started pacing up and down. She's off her head, and I'm out. Stealing's one thing, killing's another. A young one at that, I won't be party to it. Gerard's heart began to beat fast. Gremler was going to make him walk the fire. He pictured the cavern, the huge searing flames. Your life hangs on a mad woman's whim, so seize your first chance to get out of here, because the danger grows with every passing hour. Gerard glanced once more to the open bars and the tunnel beyond. The way was clear, and Cessary waited, but he could barely sit up. What would Gom do in his place? If he couldn't use his own legs, he thought, eyeing Dreg, maybe he'd borrow someone else's. 
Oh, no. Only a fool would trust a man like that. Dreg was a snatcher. Snatchers stole folk to sell them into slavery. And yet... Gerard recalled bits and pieces from his delirium. Dreg's great hands rolling him in blankets. Fear, fear, that should stop your shaking. A cool, wet cloth light across his brow. A clay cup tipped to trickle icy water down his hot, dry throat. Come on, lad, swallow for Dreg. Easy, easy. Ah, don't that feel better? Of course, one could say he was out just to save himself. Gremler had threatened to kill Dreg if Gerard died. But she hadn't ordered the man to be so gentle and caring. Leth himself could not have done more. Dreg still paced the floor looking really troubled. The big man didn't want to see him die, didn't he just say so? Stealing's one thing, killing's another. I won't be party to it. Did he really mean it? Well, there was only one way to find out. Dreg? The man stopped pacing and turned. There's a way out of here that Gremler doesn't know. Dreg sat down with a bump. What are you saying, boy? He leaned towards him. You've been having nightmares. There really is. Believe me, he urged, as Dreg shook his shaggy head. Look, if you take me out now, I'll show you. What's the harm in that? Oh, plenty. Gremlin might be here any moment. She catches me making off with you, she'll... Dreg drew his finger across his throat. But she won't catch you if we leave now. Well... Dreg went to the cell door and poked his head out looking both ways. Oh, why not? I was leaving anyhow. He scooped up Gerard in his arms and made for the door. But before he got there, Gremler appeared, her flowing black robes filling the entrance. Ha! About time! Bring him! For a moment... Gerard thought Dreg would flee. Then the man simply turned and followed her left along the tunnel leading to the cavern. Sorry, boy, he whispered. All too soon, a thunderous roar rolled down towards them and a fiery glare filled the tunnel ahead. Gerard stiffened in Dreg's arms. In minutes, he was going to die. 
He had a flash of being with his mother and father in their sitting room. Nasida reading to him, he at her knee, and Leoctor standing at the window, gazing out across the lake. It was nothing special, just an ordinary moment in an ordinary day. But the memory brought on such a rush of love and loss as blew his breath away and left. How angry he must be. Oh, the trouble he'd caused. And now he was to be a grisly sideshow for Gremler and her men. Gerard set his jaw. Well, they'd get their show, and they'd all see how well a late lord could die. My dears, that thought got Gerard right up to the cabin entrance. But when he actually saw that fire's full fury, his courage vanished. Gremler strode up to the flame, or as near as one could, and bear the heat. Now you'll see what happens to those who thwart or injure me, she declared. Bring him. Set him down. Dreg obeyed, taking his time, setting Gerard reluctantly down before her. In one hand, Gremler held a cup of water, and in the other, the vial of blue drops. She raised the vial, and as she did so, her sleeve slid back revealing thick bindings on her arm. When the cut heals, she told Gerard, it will leave a scar. For that, you die twice. First, your mind, then the rest of you. She held up the cup to pour in the drops and the bracelet caught the light. Gerard stared at it fixedly, scarcely hearing what she said. Six drops, lordling. They'll take away your memory and leave you as the waking dead. Let us count. Gerard kept his eyes on the bracelet. Gom was coming to destroy it. But if Gremler left now, Gom would be too late. As Gremler removed the vial stopper, Gerard knew what he must do. Scarce able to stand, he mustered up all his strength moving away from her and closer to the flames until his hair crackled and his skin broke out in a sweat. 
Oh, look, how brave, Gremler sneered. Every inch the Lord. She counted in the drops, swirled the cup around, then held it out. Here, come and drink this. Nay, Gerard answered coolly. Do you bring it to me? Gremler made mock curtsy. Why, certainly, my lord. She closed the gap between them and thrust out the cup once more. Now, let's have done with fooling. Drink. Gerard eyed the cup and the bracelet dangling from her wrist. Without warning, he shot out his hand and, hooking his fingers about the bracelet's edge, yanked on it hard. The cup flew wide. The bracelet gave, and Gerard almost had it. But then, for all its size, it seemed to snag on Gremler's wrist bone. Gremler pulled back. Gerard, tight-faced, hung on. For a heartbeat thus they stood, seemingly still, evenly matched in that deadly tug of war. But under her relentless pressure, Gerard's strength began to fail, and the bracelet to slip from his grasp. But just as he was about to let go, he caught the wicked gleam of triumph in her eyes, and rage surged anew. In one furious effort, he tore the bracelet free, almost falling backwards with the force of it. Catching himself, he turned to face the furnace, drew back his arm as if to fit an arrow to the bow, then flung the bracelet up and out with all his remaining strength. Gremler let out a screech and leapt to catch it, eyes on the shining silver arc. And catch it she did, just before it touched the flames. But her momentum being too great to check, she teetered, still holding the bracelet aloft over the roaring fury. For an eye-blink, she hovered, dark against the blinding glare, arms upraised, hair bushed out, black robes billowing in the fiery gusts. Then, with a cry, a wordless wail, Gremler and Bracelet fell into the flames, 
and vanished. There came a flash, a boom, then a rumbling underfoot. Crack! A chunk of rock split from the cavern roof and crashed to the floor in a hail of shards and clouds of dust. As the men fled, Greg swept Gerard up and ran with him from the cavern. Where to? Back to my cell, Gerard yelled in Dreg's ear. We have to go from there. As Dreg sped along, the floor began to move like a boat out on the lake, and rocks showered down around them. You mean to take that tunnel in the dark? Not quite. Gerard plucked a torch from the wall and held it aloft. They went on leaving pandemonium behind. They had not gone far when they heard another loud crack, then shouts. The mine tunnel's fallen in, Dreg panted. They're done for now. Hurry, Gerard urged. Some of them may have gotten out in time. He didn't like to think what those snatches might do to the one who'd brought the whole hill down upon them. Moving at a clip, they passed the first fork, then reached the second. Dreg pulled up. How can you possibly know where we're going? Gerard brought down the flaming torch. See this? What about it? Move on. Keep going. Notice something odd? Dreg's mouth fell open. The flame was wafting forward, the direction they were headed, and not back, as it should. Obby, it's blowing the wrong way. The right way, Gerard corrected. All we have to do is follow. Thank you, Cesare, he mouthed silently. Cesare lightly caressed his cheek. Boom! The floor tipped, sending drag against the tunnel wall. I hope we're almost out, lad. This old hill is caving in. Half a minute more, cried Gerard, and we'll be seeing stars. That's just what I'm afraid of, Dreg panted, putting on a spurt. Now they came an even bigger boom, and a roar of hot wind rushed up, sweeping clouds of ash and dust before it. I can't breathe, Dreg wheezed, sagging under Gerard's weight. A few more steps, look! Clear, cold winter sky. Dreg set him down and sprawled on the ground, sucking in air. Gerard lay beside him, unable to move, but happy. We did it, Dreg! As Gerard said that, Four men burst from the tunnel, coughing and hawking 
in full cry. You certainly did, cried one. And we get our ransom after all. Crooker. Mm -hmm.